0: You're listening to Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar. In the blue corner, we've got Mr. Carl supporting Tottenham. In the red corner, we've got Mr. Kenner's supporting Arsenal. Together, they will be discussing all of your football views, all of your football news. So join us here on Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar.
1: Hello and welcome to this latest edition of Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar, the football podcast. I'm Chris Carl. I'm Steve Kinton. And I'm Jeff Saunders. Hello, Steve. Hello, Jeff. Wright. We've got a lot to get through, as usual. That's what I always say, but it's always true. In this particular episode, though, we do have to explain to our listeners what happened last week. We do have to record at some point during the week of a weekly broadcast. We chose to record uh, six hours before Pochettino was sacked by Tottenham Hotspur, meaning that we missed the news by just a few hours. Let's talk about that, first of all. and then within hours of course Mourinho was appointed as Spurs manager much to the delight of everyone well apart from Spurs fans I suppose but Tottenham fans are warming to him but let's talk about Pochettino first and the decline in his in his statistics at Tottenham that
0: that decline um I, that is a manager who somehow has lost the dressing room by the look of it the players just aren't playing for it weren't playing for him Pochettino is not a bad manager by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think he would have walked unless he's got somewhere to go, to be honest with you. Well, no, I don't think that's true at all. It's quite clear that this
2: deal was being done at least three weeks before it actually happened. I think Pochettino's probably quite happy to go. The chairman, Levy, was not carrying out his side of the bargain. He he provided three new players at decent market prices, and, and they're very good players. But a lot of what Pochettino wanted was getting rid of the dead wood in the dressing room because you you have to do both things you have to if you're going to refresh your squad you can't refresh a squad that's got players in there who don't actually want to play for you levy he has this reputation of being a master businessman and extracting the right price for everything but the prices he wanted for these players were not market prices and that's why they're still in the in the tottenham dressing room and that's the biggest part of the problem between
1: pochettino and tottenham Steve, I was just going to add to that that for me, Pochettino's worth at Tottenham was failing anyway. Obviously, he'd taken us into the top four all, every season that he was there. You know, took us into the Champions League four out of five seasons. All those things, but since since actually Mourinho was sacked from the Manchester United job, he thought he was going to get the Manchester United job, and I think since then his attention to Tottenham in general started to decline his interest in the club started to decline and on Saturday we won away at West Ham the first time Tottenham have won away since last January and his figures have been relegation form since then since the Mourinho leaving United and since he did declare himself that he would have left if we'd have won the Champions League and I think Levy acted because he felt that he was Pochettino was no longer a loyal man, it was reflected in his results, the players were beginning to feel frustrated, it did get to a stage where no matter how much love is pouring out for Pochettino from fans that he probably did have to go. And it was decided a while ago yes. when Pochettino started to act in a very disgruntled and less loyal way than he had previously, saying, I'm no longer the manager, I'm a coach, I have no control over transfers. All those things, I think, affected him and he's, he's you know, he was behaving in such a way that Levy had no choice, especially with the current form.
2: Well, yeah, the, the current form is... I mean, a huge, huge reason for 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 making the change, definitely. But for all those Tottenham fans who've been whinging and moaning below the line in the in the newspapers, so <laughs> oh, we haven't won anything. I, I would just say two words to them: Juan de Ramos, because he did win something. Yes. Do, you, do you want to go back
1: to that? No, no, not. No, not at all. I mean, I mean, that probably Juan de Ramos is probably when. Around probably when he left, but that Tottenham started to go up and up and up uh, and started to become the team they are today, apart from a short break when Tim Sherwood was in charge. Every manager they had since Juan de Ramos added something. Red Knapp took us quite far in the Champions League. You know, then we got as far as we did with Pochettino. Steve, you have some comments about that, and then let's turn our attention a little bit to what
0: we think of Mourinho. Yeah, I've got I've, uh, apologies, Jeff. I've got to slightly disagree at the beginning of what you said. I, I suspect that Pochettino has also been in discussions with another club, possibly even Manchester United, Ironic, although I, I fancy that he might go to Real Madrid. I suspect that, that you're clearly right Tottenham have been manoeuvring this, but I think Pochettino has not been unaware of these manoeuvres and has been doing some manoeuvring himself. Um, that's what I said. He, he has been working with Levy for the last three weeks to make this happen. No
2: question. You know, if anybody seriously believes that Mourinho turned up for an interview six hours after <laughs> Pochettino was, was fired with his with his dossier on on all the all the tottenham players he did that in six hours did he he'd had two
1: weeks at least to do all that yeah they did say didn't they that Mar- uh, Pochettino had been asked to resign a week before and he yeah. refused well there's only one way that can go yeah, isn't it that's
2: right I mean it, just to sort of link Pochettino to Mourinho there's a, there's a very very well known extremely well respected journalist football journalist called Patrick Collins who's one of the last of the old school Geoffrey Green type type football journalist and he tweeted this the other day levy sacks a gifted visionary and replaces him with a cynical poser who has always been the manager of choice for gullible star-struck chairman it will end in tears of course but mourinho will leave with his pockets full as always
1: no, that's brilliant I mean, don't, don't forget pochettino left with 12 million as well, um, the compensation, plus all his backroom staff, I think it all comes to about £30 A couple of people in the press actually use the expression Levy, insane bastard, for that decision. (laughs) Because it can only go go two ways, can't it? It can either be an absolute disaster that Jeff is predicting, or it could be the club that um, Mourinho does best at in Britain for a long time. It could be an absolute raging success, but one thing is sure, it'll be a circus.
0: It's actually become quite interesting because if you believe the rumours that were going around early last week, Mourinho allegedly was um, up for the Arsenal job and he took one look at Arsenal and went, no, and ended up at Spurs. Now, that's if you believe certain rumours that were circulating on the internet. But if that is true, then Arsenal may have just dodged a bullet. Well, you're you're
1: an Arsenal fan, Steve. Uh, If you were offered the Arsenal job or the Tottenham job you'd take the Tottenham job wouldn't you even as an Arsenal fan that's probably a, a very good
2: question who's who's happy about this appointment you know Arsenal fans are happy Real, <laughs> R- Real Madrid players are extremely happy <laughs> according to Ario Sports who mm. who's quoted some of them who else is happy Mourinho
1: yeah his agent and his agent <laughs> his yeah. bank manager or,
2: Jorge Mendes is it, has a uh, Got a big win again.
1: Who's unhappy? Tottenham supporters. This thing about Tottenham supporters being unhappy, though—I mean, I have to say that you know I read a lot of the Tottenham fan pages on Facebook and everything—and of course, there was a lot of doubt. There wasn't this outpouring of rage that I expected. Actually, people were more "let's wait and see." That's that's a lot of the stuff that I saw. But you saw something else, Jeff?
2: Oh yeah, if you look at look below the line in the the Independent and the Guardian football press about it, Tottenham fan after Tottenham fan lining up to say what a terrible decision is. Well, and, and, they could and, and, and be right.
1: They're right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's talk about that because I, I've still reserved my judgment. I I kind of see where Jeff is coming from regarding you know he's obviously has been he's yesterday's man Mourinho. He's, he did use his normal tactics, tried and tested tactics. Um, he didn't use a back ten, but Tottenham I have to say were more direct on Saturday under Pochettino, especially in recent recent games. I should say you know the back end of last season, uh, all of this season. A lot of uh, pointless passing around the back. Mourinho's Tottenham, if you want to call them that after two days, went a lot more direct. <laughs> Dele, uh, also, Deli Alley rehabilitated, um, looking a lot uh, happier. But are the players happy? Jeff thinks not. He, we know the fans generally are a mixed bag, but obviously there's a lot of discontent there because Mourinho doesn't play Tottenham style football, is what people are saying.
0: Yeah, but what is Tottenham-style football? I mean, are we talking about going back to the days of Glenn Hoddle? You know, look, Tottenham haven't... Well, they've won one trophy in two decades. That's a pretty poor return for for a side that is considered to be one of the top sides in England. Mourinho, do you know what? We, we, we all watched the game uh, the other day. Tottenham were fine for the first 70 minutes, last 20 minutes they were pretty poor at the back he's got a lot of work to do there I think I mean he's got he's got players there he's got the players there he can work with no doubt about it I don't think he needs to sign too many players to turn that side back into a potentially a top four side but they've certainly got to look at their defensive deficiencies because there's an awful lot of them
1: regarding transfers when he was asked about it Mourinho said it's not a case of buying two or three players just like that it'll be one in one out well who's the one out well he's he's got to get rid of the players that Pochettino
2: wanted to get rid of, hasn't he? Eriksen's got to go, Rose has got to go. Um he's got to ask the two Belgian centre-backs what you know, what are you doing, boys? Uh, are you are you with me or not? And if not then they've got to go. So I uh, I think he needs two top quality full-backs at least one more centre back definitely a goalkeeper because even when Lois gets back he was, a, he was an accident waiting to happen mm. and apart from that well, they're probably okay maybe a creative midfielder to replace Eriksen when he goes but the rest of them, they look OK. When they were playing for Pochettino, they were light years ahead of anything that Mourinho produced at Manchester United. I mean, they, you know, the, the reality is that Old Trafford was, you know, they were light years behind Jurgen Klopp or Pep Guardiola. You know, there's really sophisticated, fast transitions of Liverpool and City. Brendan Rogers, or Nagelsmann. Mourinho is, he's not just been moved out of date by Guardiola. Guardiola's moved two steps on as well. And Mourinho's still back where he was. Was parking the bus. I mean, it's it's going to end very very badly for Tottenham. They'll start okay. They'll get the bump. You manage a bump because Mourinho always delivers that. But it will go. You, you, you'll be back to doing what Manchester United have been doing under Mourinho. That hit the big man with a long ball. Find Romelu Lukaku, maybe that's... Mm.
1: Maybe we'll sign mm-hmm. him from... Yeah, um, You mentioned there, just quickly, because you said park the bus, which everybody accuses Mourinho of doing. He actually coined that phrase when he was talking about a different manager.
0: Yes, ironically enough, Arsene Wenger, and I actually... Uh, I, I'm. Con- was it not Arsene Wenger? It, it, ah, right, okay. uh, it was Alan Pardew at Newcastle. Ah, uh, right, OK.
1: It was Alan Pardew at Newcastle when he could. they just defended uh, against uh, his Chelsea team, but then he has famously gone on and taken that bit of tactics to heart.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I'm I'm, I'm with Jeff here. Uh, I think Mourinho, I I wouldn't use the term yesterdays, man, because you can't ever, I I don't think you can ever say that. But I think he's suffering from Wenger syndrome, whereby everybody has caught up. And has now overtaken, if that makes any sense. You know, when when Wenger... So yesterday's man then. No, not not necessarily yesterday's man. But but they caught up fifteen years ago and he hasn't moved. But on. he's still been winning trophies with the style of play that he's, he's been he's,
2: he's been diminishing returns for, for every year onwards. What what did he deliver for Real Madrid given the, the, the billion pound squad that Real Madrid had? The, the players costing hundreds of millions. What did he deliver? One championship. Yeah. Won. he was completely outcoached by Guardiola he was out of date then and he's been out of date ever since and if Tottenham fans are going to be happy with, with an FA Cup or a League Cup or what do they call it now? Carabao Cup? If they're going to be happy with that
0: well then more fool them because, well, to be honest with you, because
2: that... <laughs> all you've got is a £13 million a year Wandy Ramos
0: so but, what? But that, that's the only trophy they're capable of winning at the moment is the Carabao Cup or the, the FA Cup they're not going to win the title they're not going to win the Champions League they won't win the Europa League I mean it's just not going to happen well
1: well actually it's funny because a couple of pundits uh, BBC pundits have come out and said just you watch he'll win the Champions League this year I can't see it but I have to say if we beat Olympiacos we're recording this before Tottenham play Olympiacos at home in the Champions League we can forget about the Champions League until February which will give him plenty of time to bed in and get used to his players winning a cup competition doesn't doesn't say how good your team is
2: i mean i support west ham west ham have always been a cup team never any chance of winning the league winning the league is is you know or or nowadays getting into the top four that is the measure of how good you are Mm. and it makes no difference whether you win it come second third or fourth you were one of the best four teams in the country and that's what pochettino did four years out of five he got got Tottenham into the Champions League he's got them at the top table he went to the Champions League final and as a coach with the one exception of Guardiola getting them to the final is pretty much all you can do you've got to be a real visionary like Guardiola to make changes on the hoof after 20 minutes in a Champions League final which Guardiola did to embarrass Man United so you know he's he got them there what more can he do
0: Man City didn't get to the Champions
2: League Champions League final no, but Guardiola did with Barcelona. And, and in both those matches, he made changes. The, the second one, after 20 minutes, was just left Ferguson for dead. Ferguson yeah. didn't know what to do yeah. to, to counteract it, and he couldn't. And you had Rooney going up to Xavi with 15 minutes left, begging them to stop. Please stop (laughs) doing it, you've beaten us. You don't have to keep passing it around like this. (coughs) Mourinho is further back than that. Mourinho is still where he was 15 years ago. The world has moved on and moved on twice. People working at Manchester United this week, when they were asked by journalists, well then told, sorry, by journalists, what Mourinho had said in his interview oh I've, I've been away I've been watching football I've learned I've, I've developed they said that's word for word what he told us.
1: Yeah I mean one thing yeah. that he did that came out it, first of all it was kind of leaked without Mourinho saying anything it is said that he was asking journalists and friends and colleagues and people in the industry while he was out of football for those 11 months you know where did I go wrong what, what do I need to change what would you say about me am I too big headed am I this am I that what do I need to change he then did come out a couple of days after that news leaked if you want to call it that and said that he had spent a lot of time doing a survey to find out how he can change and he's a different person now but having heard
0: what Jeff's just said I
1: suspect it's just a soundbite.
0: Mourinho's full of soundbites isn't he? M- Mourinho is good copy for any given quote at any given point in time uh, again I mean I, I, I do agree with Jeff in, in respect to the fact that he is he's been overtaken he has been overtaken I think Klopp is way ahead of Mourinho actually as well I, I think Brendan Rogers is to be truthful I don't know about Unai Emery though
1: well, let's move, let's move on to Emery then. Good call there. At home this weekend, Arsenal at home to at Southampton, who we have on this podcast and on the radio show we do for ninety-three point six Global Radio here on the Costa del Sol. We have said that Southampton are abysmal, and they've been beaten by Leicester at home nine nil. They're just not very good. We're still surprised that their manager's still there. Actually, they were actually they were actually winning away at Arsenal, Steve.
0: Yes they were and they had 25 shots on target which is I think the second most that Arsenal have faced all season now interestingly in 13 games 13 games Arsenal have faced 225 shots 31 of those alone came from Watford of all teams Arsenal are absolutely shocking and that's not an understatement you cannot defend the way Arsenal are are defending and expect to to win a game. They've taken seven points out of the last seven games. One win in seven, two wins in 11 games. That's relegation form.
1: Jeff has said on this podcast, Tottenham's form over the last 10 games in the league this season and 10 games last season is relegation form. The same can be said about Manchester United. The same absolutely can be said about Arsenal. You just got away with it on Saturday, but to draw 2-2 at home to a bad, bad, bad Southampton team is the signs of not cracks beginning to appear. There's great big sinkholes.
0: But well, to be honest with you, I thought we were fantastic for the last 90 seconds of the game.
1: That's when you scored
0: your equaliser, yeah. yeah. Other than that, we were dreadful all the way through. But it's been like this all season. You know, the first two games of the season. You know, uh, Burnley, Newcastle. You answered your question. Why did they do so well at the start of the why season? Did they? Precisely. Burnley, Newcastle. Yeah, and but Ber- but then you look at Burnley's position at the moment. I think they're top six, if I'm not mistaken. Newcastle are, are now in the ascendancy. I really fear for Arsenal. I I was doing some working out over the weekend, and on Arsenal's current form, if they maintain their current form, they will glean between thirty-eight and fifty-four points this season. Well, you only need to look at where 38 points will take you. Down. down. Yeah. Something's got to give. Arsenal are rotten from the top down. The manager's got to go, and he should have actually probably gone two, three games ago. Why they've given him two or three games more now can only be because they're lining somebody up and they want a smooth transition. I can't see any other reason for it. I just can't. He's been given three games to turn it around.
1: Yeah. Can he can he choose the games? Can I can I have Burton Albion at home in the cup? Fulham away. I mean, you know, does he get to choose?
0: We'd still struggle. You could put us up against Rochdale's reserve team, and we'd still struggle. We're trying to play out from the back. We can't play out from the back. It's not something that our players are capable of doing. Arsenal have got decent players. They have got a decent squad. There are a couple of changes that must be made. But this is solely down to the coaching, and you've got to you've got to look at where it starts from, and that's Emery. I mean,
2: I agree that they should get rid of Emery, but I'd argue about the quality of the of the squad. Aubameyang and Lacazette, okay. Who else is any good?
1: Yeah, I mean, you said earlier, Steve, that Mourinho was given the opportunity to go to Arsenal or Tottenham, if you like, and he looked at the Arsenal squad and went, no, thank you. And then you say that there's not that much wrong with the Arsenal squad. It wasn't good enough for Mourinho. Not good enough It can't be good enough for you either. So I think you say sort of a couple of changes. I think, I think, agree with Jeff. There's fundamental changes oh, needed to be done.
2: I mean, you need a new defence. You need a new midfield. Or, or just a defence. Yes, yeah. I struggle to see where the quality in this squad is, apart from the two up front. And Pepe. The, the lad they got from France in the summer may, may be all right, but he doesn't look like a you know mm. a genuine international Premier League player to me.
0: I don't know where this great squad is. If you look at Arsenal's defence, Bellerin is a decent defender. Tierney is a good defender. Sokratis, Mustafi and uh, Pat Bob, whatever it is. <laughs> Mav- Mavropanos, uh, that's it.
2: I'll give you Tierney as... as uh, I mean, I think Tierney will be a very, very, extremely mm. good defender he's just good at the moment but he's very young very yeah. promising very raw capable of making mistakes so i'll, I'll give you i'll give you time but uh, Bellerin, no you you can't be serious i mean Bellerin playing at a team that, that have the ambition of of arsenal a, you know a, a huge club in europe
0: Bellerin, you're you're having a laugh. I'm sorry, but that's completely wrong. Bellerin has not turned from a good defender into a bad defender overnight. There is something very seriously wrong in the way that the defence is being coached. You know, for instance, Luis at centre back, Luis is not a centre back. He is a central defensive midfielder. Bellerin
2: has never been a sort of high quality international at at the top table, which is where Arsenal should be getting their players from. He's not. Well, why should Arsenal they're be getting their players from there?
0: Arsenal are not a top-table side.
2: They're a, a club that have ambitions of it. They've traditionally, under Wenger, always got into the Champions League. And and you're not going to do that if you if Bellerin is the, is the best defender you've got. I mean, no. He, he, if, if Bellerin was as good as you're saying he is, then some other European club would have come in and got him. And nobody has. Nobody's shown any interest in Bellerin. And if you ask... It, Go into any bar anywhere and ask fo- ask football fans how good is Bellerin. Most of them will say who. <laughs> and, and those that don't say who will say, well, he's okay. Well, you know, okay, is that the limit of Arsenal's ambition now?
0: We've had three or four clubs in the past come in for Bellerin and they've all been pushed aside. Bellerin is playing in a poorly coached defence. I mean, you look at Rob Holding. Rob Holding... Actually, is a decent centre half. He needs somebody solid alongside him. Callum Chambers is a squad player. He's a decent squad player, but as I said before, you know, you look at uh, Mavropanos, you look at uh, Sokratis, you look at Mustafi. They're they're just clearly not good enough. Not even close to being good enough. Um, so that's what that's three four players you've named yeah, already. Dav- David David Luiz David Luis is just so woeful at the centre. In, in the centre of defence. Why Emery can't see this, but everybody else can, is an absolute mystery. If you're going to play him, play him in front of the back four. You don't play him in the back four. He's not that type of player. He's just completely incompetent in central defence. And I like Luis. I, th- I think potentially he's a... Well, say potentially, I think he's a decent player, but he's in the Perhaps- wrong position.
1: Perhaps you should just not play with the defence at all and just, just have a strike force, and just, just hope you score more goals than the others because the defence isn't doing it's anything anyway. It's
0: Keegan-Newcastle tactics, isn't it?
1: I thought that was the plan, wasn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from
0: from
2: what I can see. Yeah. No, oh, they're, no they're shockingly bad. And that squad, honestly, I'll, I'll give you Tierney. Bellerin is a squad player and the two up front, and the rest of them should not be playing for a side like Arsenal. You've got squad players in there as first choice players mm. and it's not good
0: enough. No, I'll agree. I mean, look, you know, I know we mock Ertzel and we, we do him down a little bit. Ertzel is still a decent player. Uh, I mean, crikey, to see him come back as a sweeper the other day mm. was quite phenomenal. I don't think I've ever seen him in that position before, which kind of shows you just how bad we are. You know, if you've got Urzel coming back and playing as a, as a sweeper at one point, then we've got a real problem, and that problem is Emery. I don't dislike Emery, I just think he's at the wrong club.
1: All right, then who is the solution? Who should you get in?
0: Well, m- myself, Jeff, and, and yourself have, have, have had this discussion. I mean, I, I quite like Kovacs. Jeff doesn't think he's the answer, which is fair enough. Maxi Allegri is available. Ancelotti may well be available, so and, and Pochettino won't come to Arsenal, so I really think you're looking at anyone from three. Possibly Arteta.
1: Yeah, I don't think Pochettino will go to Arsenal. I don't think that's on the cards. I think somebody said it on the radio show. Might be Jeff on Saturday. He might take a bit of a rest because he's got 12 million extra in his pocket on top of the millions he already had. There's no need to rush into an appointment. Um, He's not as desperate as Mourinho, who was out the game for Don't forget, Mourinho was out the game for 11 months. Got plenty of work in between. So I don't think there's any rush. I don't think there's um, a chance that he'd even consider the Arsenal job. When you've got just been paid 12 million. I think you can afford to be a bit emotional. And I think he's got such a great relationship with the Tottenham fans. I just don't. Think And why would he go to Arsenal? What have they got to offer him? So I think there's a chance of the United job still, which he desperately wanted before. But I think, you know, he might move abroad. I would think he will, yes. As far as candidates
2: for Arsenal, Thomas Tuchel out of PSG is... Is a possibility. Well, wasn't Emery the PSG manager yeah, before he went know, to Arsenal? So
1: they're the, they're the man, That doesn't
2: sound good, does it? Oh no! I mean Nagelsmann. If, if they could prize him out of Red Bull Leipzig, because he only signed his contract in June, but this fantastic manager. But Red Bull-Leipzig are an awful lot better than Arsenal are, so mm. he'd, he'd be taking a step down. Ancelotti has fallen out with the, the chairman of Napoli, and it seems fallen out with the players, or the players have fallen out with the chairman, and it's it's a very strange situation there. Eddie Howe, excellent manager. They should be thinking about him. He, Eddie Howe is actually a archetypal Tottenham manager, actually. I and mean that, That's where Spurs screwed up. And they should have got him. There's a few
0: around. I,
1: I've got a feeling it'll be Allegri, though. You'd be happy with Allegri, though, wouldn't you, obviously, Steve?
0: Not sure. He did quite well with uh, Conte's squad, didn't he? Is he the answer for Arsenal? I like I like the idea of Nagelsmann, as uh, Jeff just said. Anyhow, no, I don't think he'd leave Bournemouth for Arsenal, to be honest with you. It, I, I think, at the moment, it'd just be a sideways step. It wouldn't necessarily be a step up.
1: And also, I think, you know, he's built such a reputation at Bournemouth... The expectations, with again all due respect, are lower at Bournemouth. I think the exchanging a comfortable job where you're doing well, where you're respected, f- and exchanging it for all that pressure and expectation with very little to work with, I'm, and and not such a good squad. Why would you do that? Well,
2: the, the reason why you do that is is what's his background. He was a player, and you you don't become a player if if you have that mindset. You you become a player if you have the mindset about winning, getting out on the pitch, competing, and. winning. and and testing yourself so I I think Eddie Howe would definitely consider it and and if he was offered it I'm pretty sure he'd take it because it is a much bigger step up he he would be going to a club that wouldn't be happy at finishing 10th yeah Whereas Bournemouth are he would actually welcome it and look forward to the challenge because that's that's the type of
0: person we're talking about you don't become a footballer if you don't want the challenge yeah but I I I do think that we've got Eddie Howe is this kind of not quite a big fish but forgive the terminology, big fish in a small pond. Um, uh, Arsenal, it could actually... uh, It hurts me to say this as an Arsenal supporter, but actually taking the Arsenal job... Could dam- end up damaging his reputation, and he's got a very good reputation. Eddie, I see Eddie Howe as a future England manager. I don't. I, was think, gonna say, I yeah. don't really see him at Arsenal at all. Sean Dyche is another one. You know, they're both from the same mould. I don't think either would end up at Arsenal. I, I, read from what I'm led to believe this morning, Mikel Arteta is to be offered the Arsenal job. Whether that's true or not, whether or that's another rumor is another is another thing. Would I, would I be happy with Arteta as a fan? I wouldn't necessarily be disappointed. I'd be scratching my head over it. I've got I to think. Be it's,
1: that sounds like a soul-shy appointment to me. Obviously, Levy with Mourinho thought about the. F- I don't know what he was thinking, actually. But uh, he didn't think about the fans and what their reaction would be. At United, they got Solskjaer in at a very difficult time. And I think getting uh, you know, what's name, our in would be it's a reaction to calm the fans. It's, a, it's an emotional decision, I think.
2: I think that would be. But, uh, but there is a, a much better better ex-Arsenal player as a manager who's been quite successful at the Sol moment. Sol Campbell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Strangely, I wasn't thinking about Sol. He lost Sol again Campbell. this weekend, didn't you? Uh? Patrick Vieira.
1: Yes, at
2: yeah. he's doing very well. So I don't think you'd have any nonsense from the players if Vieira was the manager, would you?
1: Actually, that, that's a bit left field, but actually that's probably a better choice than Arteta, yeah.
0: Yeah, it depends on uh, Vieira's relationship or potential relationship with the board as well, though, because Vieira can be an explosive character. Would the board want that? I don't know. I think the board are looking for more of a yes man than they are for somebody who's willing to shake things up.
1: let we have a look at some of the other games that uh, happened over the weekend? We've talked a lot about Tottenham and Arsenal. I've, I used to say ne- I, I could never understand why Tottenham always seemed to fly under the radar and never get much attention in the press. But, of course, now we've got Mourinho. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for because that's all you're going to see is Tottenham in the press. But we have talked about Tottenham and Arsenal a little bit on this show already. So let's move on to the other games. Sheffield United. Another good manager played Manchester United this weekend.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I thought Manchester United were Manchester United were very very lucky to get away with with a draw. I mean, Sheffield United two 0 up, pulled back the two two, then three two down, and equaliser. It was a real ding dong game, wasn't it? Sheffield United are really punching above their weight. They're a good side, though. They are a very good side.
2: I would disagree with the expression "punching above their weight." What Chris Wilder has, has done is got them to play to their ability as a team. So not just individual players playing individually well; they play as a team. And this thing with the three centre backs and you know, overlapping centre backs is absolutely brilliant. And if he was Dutch, people would be talking all the time about this total football being played in Sheffield. And uh, Chris, yes. w- Chris Wilde is doing it with players who, well, you know. Let's let's be honest. That that Sheffield United team, well, Sheffield United in the whole of their history have not spent as much money as Manchester United did on two defenders this summer in the whole of their history. So they were formed in like 1901 or something? Well, No, they are one of the oldest. No, they were one of the early ones, absolutely, yeah. So Chris Wilder has done a fantastic job and Manchester United couldn't lay a glove on them for three quarters of the match. They were completely and totally outplayed.
1: I mean, even Solskjaer said after the game, all of the commentators online were saying it's exactly the same thing. That you, and Gary Neville actually, Gary Neville said it's the worst he's, the worst 17 minutes he's seen Manchester United play in a very very long time. Yeah, he said it was it was truly abysmal the way they played for the first 17 minutes, and they were lucky to go three to ahead.
2: And Im- imagine what would have happened if Sheffield United hadn't had those injuries. If they could have, if they could have fielded their proper centre-back instead of the oh. 37-year-old who's only started two games in the last two years. <laughs> and they couldn't play their goalkeeper because he's on loan from Manchester United. So, so they
1: started in a weak position. So,
2: that, so they started with a reserve team keeper who hadn't played a league game in 18 months. And a 37-year-old
1: centre-back who's had two games in two, two seasons. And Manchester United couldn't put them away. Yeah, that's. I mean, that, tough times at Man United. I'm, I mean, I'm. I still don't understand why they appointed Solskjaer permanently. He hasn't found a women winning formula there either. He's, he's no, tinkering he too much as well. well and player, well, sorry Jeff, but he's got. You said about Sheffield United playing as a team. And at United, he's got all these superstars. They got rid of Lukaku because he sorry, didn't fit I, in. Manchester United. Yes. Uh, the, other United, yes the other United. Yes, the other United. Yes, yeah. yes. There are two Uniteds at least. Yes. <laughs> but it, it does seem to me that yeah, he's not got United. Manchester United playing as a team Solskjaer, he's got these big superstars drifting in and out of the team and they're what, 10th in the league? It's it's not a United Manchester United look is it? Well l- listen to
2: Solskjaer's um, press conferences after matches for the last two months, well, all, all this season in fact he's always taking positives out of something well how come those positives never actually translate into anything positive on the pitch? What's he taking? Can he Can he give us a list because most people can't see them?
0: Yeah, uh, Solskjaer, I reckon he's got as many games to save his job as Emery has, to be honest with you. I I, I reckon Solskjaer could be gone within three games as well, especially if Pochettino is available. I, I think Solskjaer is banging trouble here. I mean, look, they're sitting in ninth position on 17 points. They've won four games all season. You know, there's a raft of clubs there that, that have actually won four games. Sheffield United is one of those, actually. Well, from Wolves downwards... There's about nine clubs that have won four games all season out of 13. That is, a, for, for anybody else, you'd think, okay, fair enough. For Man United, that is a massive problem.
1: It's been a massive problem since Ferguson left, though, hasn't it? Yeah. But with, with Solskjaer, I mean, let's be honest, who, his experience is Molby, the Norwegian league, for goodness mm. sake, which, yeah. which is like, I don't know, league two here? In England, and then taking and also relegating Cardiff. That's his experience. I think he's probably a great arm-rounder, shoulder-type manager. He's a legend, all those things. But I think you need a little bit more than just that, and I don't think he's got it. Not yet.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, when he came in, what was it, 17 games unbeaten or something along those lines? Might not have been that many, but the the point is he had a fantastic run to start with. As soon as he signed the contract, it all started going pear shape.
1: Yeah, they did win their first six, and I think it was 13 unbeaten, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean... it you know he he had a fantastic start and I think that to be honest had he not had that fantastic start he'd have actually been gone by now
2: yeah but th- I mean that that was the plan wasn't it he was only supposed to t- take them to the end of the season he w- he was hired as an interim manager so uh, of course that would have happened and had had uh, Woodward not panicked. And God knows why he did, then Pochettino would would have started the season as a Manchester United manager. It's all very strange there. I agree with the, the sort of central tenet that he should be gone in three matches, but I still got a feeling he's going to stay to the end of the season because there's something happening there which we're not being to- told about. And, you know, wh- whether it's down to these Saudi Arabians trying to buy the club or not. And whether they don't want to make an appointment because then the, whoever buys it will come in and change it or something, I don't know. But there's something odd happening there. It seems extraordinary to me that he's still there after the performance that he's put up. It's, you know, other managers who have been sacked for less as we saw last week. But then, you know, we're recording this at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and I'm quite sure we'll finish and in three hours' time...
0: yeah, he could have <laughs> gone, Yeah, have
1: Somebody else he would have gone. Could have done a job swap with Emery, who knows? <laughs> Do you think Woodward will go
2: before Solskjaer goes? Absolutely not. Wood- Woodward will only go when the club is sold. I mean, how much? You £12 million he got paid last year? He'd be a moron to leave and he's clearly not a moron. He's a very, Good. very clever man. Um, Anyone who's persuade somebody to pay them 12 million for sitting on their backside watching football matches is a genius
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah brilliant yes we're, i mean we're sat here doing it for nothing so who's the moron um but yeah woodward not gonna go yeah. before soulshire that's for sure we better move on because we are yeah, absolutely, uh, we're, yeah. time is of the essence and we're running out of it
0: leicester yeah, look at Leicester. Football bloody hell. Uh I mean second place and they look good for second place at the moment. You know the 2-0 win against Brighton who is still my tip to go down even though they're mid-table at the moment. Still you're still going with Brighton to I'm go down. I'm still going with Brighton to go down. Yeah. I I mean, you know, I'm I just very briefly looking at the bottom 3. Watford, Southampton, Norwich. Norwich look like they could climb out of the bottom 3. In fact, Watford looked like they could. I think Southampton well, that's 50-50. But um, no, I, th- I think Brighton could, could still drop. Uh, Leicester looked fantastic. 1-9, drawn two, lost two all season. Goal difference of plus 23. Same as Manchester City. In any other season, that's title win in form, but they've got Liverpool above them by a, by a good eight points.
2: I think we we said last week that that match, uh, Leicester versus, who was it? Oh, it's Leicester versus the arse, yeah. Yes, they, <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> they were... It, I didn't want you to bring that up again. <laughs> it, was, it was wonderful, and, and they just they played like that all season. They played like <laughs> it again at the weekend. It's, it's wonderful. Fantastic transition at speed. They've got creative players o- o- from full-back going forwards. I mean, Soyonko, some of the things he does at centre-back, doing Cruyff turns in the, mi- in the middle of the 60-yard box. Brendan Rodgers is tearing his hair out, and then the guy just strolls out, beats three players... Good pass upfield, and and they go on to score. I mean, it's it's wonderful. They are. Extremely good players, extremely well coached by, by an excellent coach, Brendan Rodgers. And I, I wish them luck. I, I think they're probably nailed on for a top
1: four finish. Let's hope so, because they're playing very attractive football. So we move on and have a quick look at the games coming up this weekend.
0: Well, Newcastle versus Manchester City. I think that's a nailed on Manchester City win, to be honest. And I can see that going one way. 3-0 to City.
1: I, I'm going to go for 3-1 for that. I think Newcastle have got goals in them. Four, and City, City looking fright. or You'll go for 4-1. Four, 4-1. One. Four, one. I think City are looking a little bit frailer than they have done recently. So you're going forward one 3-1, 3-0. All
0: right. Uh, next up, we have Burnley versus Palace. I really like like Burnley. I think they're playing fantastic football. I, again, I can see them sneaking a 1-0 win Two now.
1: To yeah, play. I'm going to agree with Jeff. I think, I think Burnley are very, very good at the moment. And uh, I don't see Palace beating them.
0: Okay, next up. Sorry about this, Jeff. Chelsea versus West Ham United. West Ham United's defense just looks shocking. Chelsea, okay, they got beaten by a very good Manchester City side. I can see Chelsea winning that 4-0. Uh, 4-0.
2: Yeah,
1: I I was going to go 3-0. Not oh, really? So you because actually when and I, do, I have to say this for the sake of the podcast, Jeff, when Tottenham beats West Ham away, on Saturday, not only was it the first time Tottenham won an away game since January, Tottenham have won at the London Stadium four times in a row. Uh, West Ham, have only managed it three times at their own stadium.
2: <laughs> yeah, but you know the the thing about West Ham, of course, is we play thirty-eight away games every every yes. season. Yeah.
1: Yeah. this is the excuse Tottenham used last season with uh,
0: Wembley. All right,
1: we're gonna go. We're all going for what's West your, Ham what's losing. Your, what's your
0: prediction then? Uh, two the nil. Two nil. Okay, moving on. Liverpool versus Brighton. I think that's a nailed-on three-nil win for Liverpool. I'll say two-one to Liverpool. Um, I'll say three-one. Uh, next up, Spurs versus Bournemouth. Are we going to have the Mourinho bounce? I I suspect this could wind up a nil-nil a, a, a draw. I think Spurs to win two-nil.
1: I think Spurs are going to win two-nil. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be so much the Mourinho bounce. I think, as he actually said, he's got a good squad. And they're at home. There will be a little bit of a bounce because it is Mourinho, et etc. Cetera, et cetera. But I think that those players out to prove themselves, as Jeff said last week, he'll have a little tinker around in the Champions League on on Tuesday this week to see who's you know who's up for it, who's up for playing for him, who wants to to try and prove themselves. And I think he'll put a very strong squad out against Bournemouth, and it'll be an easy two-nil.
0: Okay, next up we've got Southampton versus Watford. This is actually quite interesting. They've both got a goal goal difference of minus 18. Watford on eight points, Southampton on nine points. This has got all the makings of a of a draw. Yeah, oh, minus one, minus one. Yeah, exactly. I'm going for a one-all draw though. Southampton are at home, are they?
2: They
1: are. Right, two-one to Watford. <laughs> <laughs> Superb. I'm inclined to kind of agree with you. Two-one to Southampton. W- one of
0: us is going to be right. <laughs> yeah, we've got to have one of those where one of us is right. Uh, next up, no laughter in the back here, please. Norwich versus Arsenal. 3 well, Norwich, obviously. <laughs> no, I'm, um, I'm actually going to go with 2-1 Norwich. I think Arsenal... Seriously? I am serious. I think Arsenal are flatlining.
1: I mean, Norwich are, are in the bottom three.
0: Yeah, but they had a result this week, didn't they? And they played very well to get mm. it too.
2: Now, now he's got Cantwell back in the centre of that midfield. They're doing very, very well. I, I I think they'll win two one.
1: Um, I'm going to go for a draw, one all. One all to the Arsenal. Still, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one all to the Arsenal. Brilliant. That's uh, right. And wait, uh, wait. for uh, tickets are still available for Jeff's
0: stand up show. He's here all week. <laughs> Battle of the top top half of the table this time. Wolves versus Sheffield United. Two really good sides. Very similar records. I think that's going to be a one all draw. It's at uh,
1: Molyneux. I'm going to go for th- 3-2 to Wolves.
0: I'll go 2-1 to Wolves.
1: So we definitely all think there's going to be goals in that one.
2: I think that's going to be an excellent game to watch. If you love football, watch that game. Cause I think yeah, there's be-
1: two teams, as Jeff has said before, there's two teams there who who play for the manager, who yeah. play as a team and play very, very good football.
0: Yeah, I think that that, that is, that's going to be the game of the week, definitely. Next up... How many will Leicester beat Everton by? Um, I, I'm, I'm reckoning a good. I reckon this could end up four-one.
1: Yeah, actually, that is one team we haven't talked about. Everton, another team who could be losing their manager, Silver, or getting rid of their manager because they are also in a lot of trouble, aren't they, Everton?
2: An- an- another manager who's <coughs> been who's been finding positives in every press conference. Yeah, mate. Yeah. We've you know, learned a lot from this game. Yes, we, you're no good. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we all knew that. You didn't have to learn that. Yeah, I think Everton to lose 4 0
1: I'm going to go for two. They're going to lose 2-0. Uh,
0: yeah, for any Everton fans listening, uh, our apologies for not bringing them up sooner, but for for any any kind of information in relation to their management situation, just read Emery Solskjaer. That should kind of give you the general yeah, thread. Because <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. And you can add
2: Pellegrini to that list as well. Uh, yeah, Pellegrini, uh, yeah. Uh, and, so and please, can somebody do it now? So yesterday,
1: as a West Ham fan, you want rid of Pellegrini. Oh, he's
2: shockingly bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's worse than the team aren't playing for him because at the start of the season they were. So whatever he has done something that has made it all go wrong. That's what I can't get my head around. He keeps
1: interfering, doesn't he, and telling him what to do. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> but, but you look at that midfield, you, you know, look at the midfield and, and who they've got. You just send them out and say, oh, go and play football, boys. They know what to do. He's turned Anderson, who every club in Europe wanted, every one of the huge clubs wanted, he's turned him into a, a, just a shadow of himself. He doesn't even want the ball. He receives the ball now on the left, turned inwards, so he can't play a forward pass at all. He can't move forwards because he's scared of making a mistake. How can you do that with Anderson? He's wonderful. Manchester United were going to break the bank for him. So were Barcelona. He's a fantastic player. And he's turned him into nothing.
1: So, Pellegrini to Arsenal then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the players are already broken. Uh, and, ben- Benitez and Benitez to West Ham. Benitez to West Ham, good yes. call. I um, think everybody would be happy with that at West Ham.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, our final game. This could be interesting. Manchester United versus Aston Villa. W- would I be wrong in giving this one an away win you'd fe- be wrong yeah yeah i just say i'm gonna i'm gonna go one nil aston villa seriously yeah, Well, seriously. you said
1: you said that you, you feel i don't think jeff and i agreed with you but you feel that solso might be one of those managers who's got to turn it around very quickly in three Ooh. or four games or whatever if he loses if manchester united lose at home to aston villa then he should be sacked by that evening well, that, that's, it, that's not uh, that is not a game you can afford to lose. That, that's I the, don't think.
0: That's the same with 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 Emery against uh, Arsenal versus Norwich. Both those managers could be gone next week after their respective games. Yeah. I mean I, I
1: was kind of joking I doubt I doubt they get rid of Solskjaer till the end of the season but if you lose at home to Aston Villa there's not much there's, there's no going back from that I don't think.
2: No there isn't. I'm, my gut feels there's a draw. The, the logic says if Manchester United can score two goals. Can Villa score two goals? Um, th- that's the difficult bit,
0: but I'm a, I'm an optimist, so I'll go for a two-two draw. Oh,
1: I'm going to go 2 0 to United, Manchester United. <laughs>
0: oh, that, that's all next week's games covered. Uh, I mean, it's it's going to be a very interesting week, and I think I, uh, as as we've been talking about throughout this show, it's going to decide a couple of futures management wise. Absolutely. Well, listen, we don't know what's going to happen
1: with the rest of this week. Uh, in a week that uh, the turnaround between Pochettino and Marino was so quick, Marino was stood in the doorway rolling his eyes while Pochettino cleared out his desk. Um, <laughs> you've, been listening, you've been listening to the podcast, Carlin and Kenner's Hitting the Bar. I'm Chris Carl. I'm Steve Kenton. And I'm Jeff Saunders. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Jeff. Join us next week for more Carlin and Kenner's Hitting the Bar.
0: You've been listening to Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar. Join us again next week for more of their twisted football news, all of their weird football views. You can find them here every week on Carl and Kenner's Hitting the Bar. We'll see you again shortly.